Greetings and welcome to the Transform Podcast. It is Friday, February 4th, 2022, and this is episode 33. And this is probably, uh, if you've been following the last few episodes, a long-awaited conclusion uh, to a trilogy that we began uh, last week. Uh, and I'll get into that in a moment, start uh, giving you guys what, it, what, the, uh, what the episode is going to be about in a sense of that. Um, I'm your host, Christopher Anastasio, and uh, welcome back, guys. Um, you know, 33 episodes in. Uh, super excited to do this episode uh, for you guys and kind of, like I said, conclude uh, this series. Uh, we're, we're now into early February. Hopefully everybody's gotten off to a great start this year and 2022 is shaping up to at least uh, begin to start to fulfill some of the promise that you uh, sort of charted out, if you will, at the end of 2021. Um, you know, certainly uh, it's early still. Um, would say, you know, don't get discouraged if you haven't, you know, come roaring out of the gate. There's always time, uh, but not not lots and lots of time. So before you know it, I think we'll be headed into the spring and things will be sort of warming up at least uh, here in the United States where where I am located. Um, so basically, guys, let's kind of get into what uh, what what today's episode is going to focus on. And you got to bear with me too, as I. Uh, as I uh, uh, sip my coffee here along the way. So basically, we have spent the last two episodes analyzing the first two parts of the concept, the advertising principle, the marketing mantra, whatever you want to call it, of no, and no is going to be K-N-O-W, no like trust, okay? No like trust. Now, Again, some of this will be a, a slight bit repetitive if you've listened to the other episodes, but I also don't want new listeners to come in completely cold. Um, no like trust. You can think of it as the blueprint for turning your business, I mean, assuming you traverse all three uh, uh, segments of that sequence, turning your business into a brand and turning would-be customers into fiercely loyal advocates. Okay? I would I would put it that way. Okay? So 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 anyone who has done all three of these things, they've gotten an audience to know them and become, you know, highly familiar with them. They've gotten that audience to like them and want to follow them and and see what they're up to and see what they have to offer and so forth. And has gotten that audience to trust them and have that audience believe in the things that they do and say and offer and sell and so on and so forth, that business more than likely is either a brand, it's a brand name, or it's on its way to being a brand name, you know, sort of writ large. But you would, you would I think, safely be able to argue that within its audience, it has definitely become a brand, okay? And from a customer standpoint... <laughs> It has customers who now swear by it and don't shop at that business or transact with that business based on price anymore. So in other words, the customer base has become so fiercely loyal that that business is the only contemplated solution for whatever it is they are looking for. They don't don't compare it to other businesses. They don't compare it to other uh, offerings. They don't compare it to other... Uh, pricing structures at other companies, they swear by it, they believe in it, they trust it, so they're unnerved by the possibility of going somewhere else. And they don't want to go somewhere else, and they do not go somewhere else. Okay, So so that's very, very high level, kind of giving you guys a sense of what the importance of no like, and trust is. I think if you've 
hung around marketing and advertising long enough, you have definitely heard that term at some point or another. I'm going to be stunned if it was brand new to somebody. Of course, if you've never been into marketing or advertising, you may never have heard of it. Uh, But that's really what we've been up to the last couple episodes, 31 and 32, over the last week and change, is to explore this concept and not just explore it. I mean, we definitely, you know, in, in, in the dialogue here, uh, that I have on the podcast and presumably goes on on your end as you absorb the information, we've definitely looked at this sort of philosophically, kind of like what I just did a moment ago, but we've also looked at it tactically. Like, how do you start to get towards these outcomes? How do you start to move your business through this sequence? And how do you start to reap the benefit of of achieving each stage of this sequence? You know, what does it look like for your business as you as you grow, you know, through through those three parts? Uh, of, of this series, okay? So, you know, uh, again, very quickly, the no portion of the, of no like, and trust is really about getting started and getting going on an azimuth that, that, that picks up audience and, and followers and, and people paying attention along the way. You know, at first, it's essentially an echo chamber. There's nobody listening. I mean, and I'm talking about a brand new business. Some of you, of course, are coming into this podcast. You've already had your business. You've already had some success. That's not really what I'm referring to. If you go all the way back to zero, you know that you're going to start off for a while where you have no customers, you have no audience, you are literally talking into the wind, okay? And there's not a whole lot coming back, right? But that's a period of time you have to traverse. And you're, you're putting out value, you're putting out content, you're putting out you're putting out goodness into the world, and you are trying to capture the attention of your audience. And you're trying to, when you do capture their attention, hold their attention long enough so they get to know you from two sides, both from a business side, what do you have to offer? What are you, what are you selling? Why are you, you know, why are you worth buying from? That sort of thing. And also getting to know you on a personal level. Like, who is this person who's telling me uh, you know, or making this claim about their business. What, what are, you know, what's their credentials? What's their authority? You know, what, what's their background? Where do they come from? You know, why are they doing this? What's their motivation? So there's, there's all that sort of spin-up type stuff that, again, if you, if you relate this stuff to real-world interactions, it's the same thing you would do if you, you know, met a stranger at a party. You, you have this warming-up period of getting to know them, seeing them enough times to say, oh, okay, yeah, I recognize so-and-so. I've seen that person before. I've run into that person before at other parties or other other events of this type, uh, whatever that might be. So 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 there's a there's a period there where the needle doesn't move a whole lot, right? You know, if you looked at it on a graph, it's that line at the bottom near the zero line that's just hovering above it, and maybe it's just slightly starting to separate from that from that uh, x-axis, right? By just lifting up just a little bit, right? But it's just over time, it's just kind of going across. And it's almost flat. But then at some point, you know, different for everybody, it kicks into the second phase of the sequence. And that person or that audience segment starts to like you and your business. You know, maybe they've done a transaction. Maybe you have made some sales at that point. Maybe there is some forward progress. Or maybe it's just a familiarity thing. But either way, they start to like you. They start to feel like, oh, okay, yeah, I really want to hear what Chris has to say about this or what his firm is discussing in this space or on this topic. Uh, you know, that's where I'll go first. You know, I may, I may look at other things. I may compare it to other offers. I may compare it to other, other products that are out there, but I kind of I like what this individual in this business has to offer, and that's where I'm going to sort of start out, okay, because that's where my affinity lies now, okay? And I, and I mentioned in, that, in uh, that episode 32 about the like portion 
of this sequence that you may even make some sales at that point. This isn't, you know, this isn't like uh, you, you won't make a single sale until you get everybody to trust you. I mean, at the like portion, you probably are making sales. You probably, you know, have started to, to see some acceleration in your business, right? I mean, you're even going to make sales, you know, uh, in, in, in the no portion of the sequence, but that's going to obviously be your slowest and most difficult uh, portion to navigate from that standpoint. So, so, so there is, from a revenue standpoint, progress along the way here. Okay, I don't want to intimate otherwise. But um, from, from the standpoint of getting to the ultimate goal of becoming a brand and becoming you know, super trustworthy, obviously there are gates that you have to pass through. So that's why I wanted to kind of just recap uh, the, the no phase and the like phase. Okay, so let's talk about the third phase, trust. Okay, so trust is the pinnacle of the customer relationship. There's nothing really more you can get from it after that. Okay, if you if you have gained the trust of your customer base and your extremely loyal followers and, and, and patrons and so forth, then you have reached the top of the heap. Okay, and so the way I like to think of it, guys, is from my standpoint, okay, and, and, and again, you know, everybody would have potentially a slightly different take on this. I think you'd hear different arguments about how to how to get there, okay, from, from different marketing firms and and advertising professionals and, and and whatnot. But to me, trust and reaching that last phase is a function of time and space. Okay? So so let me explain them one by one, okay? One of them I think is gonna be fairly obvious to you. In fact we've talked about it in the other uh, sequences uh, or the other episodes um, but but the second one, I think is a little more abstract, and I'll and I'll kind of go into that uh, here in a moment. Okay, so what do I mean by it's a function of time? Well, pretty much just that. Okay, so so think about it as as you you know let's let's take you know everybody on this uh, listening to this podcast probably has what they would have described at some point in their life or another as a best friend. Okay, and that best friend. Assuming, you know, assuming it's a healthy relationship between you and that best friend and there's no, you know, there's, there's, there's no power dynamics going on, um, you know, the, that relationship grew in part to the point that it did as a function of time. The longer you knew that person, the more um, solidified that relationship became, right? The more you got to the point where you fully trusted, fully felt comfortable with, fully could read their mind and finish their sentences before they even started them, things like that, right? It just took time. It took, it took months and months and years and years to reach whatever point you're at now where you feel beyond comfortable with that friend. Like, it's, you know, you'd probably essentially consider them family at that point or something of that nature, right? So, the time issue is extremely um, important to, to, to reaching the trust, uh, the, the, the trust phase, okay? And what time does is it does a couple different things. From the standpoint of the person transacting with your business or following you on social media or buying your products, it is a psychological crutch for them. So they see it as, well... I've you know been buying from Chris for you know 20 years you know or I've been a I've been a customer at this bank for you know 15 plus years 
or you know in other words in some ways it becomes self-fulfilling right that person starts to see the amount of time that's passed and they see the length of time that they've known that they have known you and your business as a positive thing. They themselves would say that. This isn't about you telling them that. You don't have to hit them over the head with it. You don't have to remind them of it. I mean, you can do little subtle things uh, with this uh, data point. I mean, let's say, you know, let, let's say they, um, they are a member of, of your, you know, let's say they have an account with your firm or something like that. You, you know, every year on the anniversary, you can kind of remind them, hey, you know, you've been with us for 17 years, or hey, this is your eighth year with us, and we want to give you a little gift. You know, so, so you can use this data point, don't get me wrong. But what I'm talking about right now is something that you don't even have to mention to the person, right? The, the time function serves itself with your customer base and with your returning loyal uh, uh, patrons. They simply know that you, have, you are the one they've been coming back to over and over and over again. And they would be, at that point, more than likely a verbal advocate of your business. They, they would say, hey, you know, oh, you're looking for a lawyer. Go to this firm here. I've gone there, you know, uh, forever for things that I've needed along, along the way. Uh, oh, you're looking for XYZ product. I use this one. It's perfect. It never fails me. It's great. You see what I'm saying? So in other words, time helps you as the business owner without you lifting a finger. Okay, in in one aspect, it literally serves you in your business without you ever having to do anything about it. Okay, so that's number one. But in another sense, number two, the time function creates an accumulation effect. Okay, and, and when I say an accumulation effect, I mean for lots of different things. So, for example, over time, you have accumulated more. You know, assuming you sort of ask for this and you and you and you display it and you show it and things like that. But you are going to simply accumulate more happy, satisfied customers who, let's say, have left you testimonials. Now, that could be a testimonial that you asked them to record and you posted it on your website. Or that could be a testimonial like, hey, you know, can you, can you write something or fill out this little form and I'm going, to use, I'm going to take quotes from it and post those on my website. Or it could be like, hey, they went over to Yelp and they left a testimonial there. Right, and they told everybody on Yelp that you're a five-star operation. Right, so so basically, when I talk about accumulation of testimonials, for example, uh, there's that means a lot of different things. I don't mean it in one strict sense, but the accumulation of testimony, user-generated content, as we like to call it in digital marketing. Right, I mean, if we're talking about you know, if you're looking at websites that have a bunch of like little faces and quotes underneath them, or or little video clips of people talking about a product, we're talking about user-generated content that the end point in the transaction the customer has has generated has made either for your benefit or maybe they don't maybe they don't even care about your benefit they just want to tell the world how happy they are satisfied they are with a particular product or outcome or service or 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 whatever it may be right so so that user generated content simply piles up over time you know in your first year maybe you have 5 testimonials but in your 10th year maybe you have 500 do you understand what I'm saying? Like it just gets to a point where there's a multiplicative effect from just piling up and 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 racking up more and more and more positivity within your user base, within your customer uh, segment. Okay, so so that's one example. Now let me give you another type of time-based example that has an accumulation effect. <clears throat> Let's say you use email marketing with your customers. Well, if you've been in business for six months and you send one email a month, then everybody's gotten six emails from you. Right? They've had six opportunities to 
hear about your business, see what you're, what you're up to, see what you're offering, see what value you can provide, things of that nature, right? But let's say you've been in business for six years and somewhere along the way you decided, well, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do a weekly email, right? I've, I've got the credibility, I've got the, the traction, I want to do a weekly email and you've been doing it for almost six years. Well, 52 weeks times six is, if my math is okay, it's in the low 300s. So now you haven't reached them six times on email. You, and you, of course, these are the ones who stay subscribed and they actually want the information. This is not people who've dropped off your list and don't want you to do this to them. Um, but for people who want it, they have received over 300 emails from you, right? Now, of course, if you're doing it correctly, a very small percentage of those 300 have any sales language in them, but the vast majority of them, the preponderance of them, have value-driven content in them. So it's like, hey, you know, uh, be aware of this filing deadline, or hey, you know, do you guys know about this tip when you're doing XYZ with this product that, that, that you may have bought? You know, it's just adding value to their lives, and it's doing it over and over and over and over again, okay? So, so it, just, it just, you know, by the time but you know, by the time all that time has passed, it's like, wow, I've I've really sent that many emails to my user base. Wow, that's that's really great. And and if they've hung in there that long, that's great for them too. Okay, so so there's just a very positive sort of multiplicative effect there. Okay, now another way that time accumulation helps you in this context is that assuming you have committed to providing value and to being value oriented, well. You have done that now over such a long period of time that your authority and your credibility begins to no longer be even remotely questioned. I mean, if it ever was, I mean, maybe maybe you were lucky and you found some some very you know uh, you know you found some clients in the early going who really you know loved what you were telling them and thought you were super helpful to them and they really believed in what you were saying. That's possible. I'm not saying I'm not saying everybody's going to disbelieve you in the beginning or not think you have any authority on the matter, but more of a subtle and subconscious way you know, they, they just met you or they're new to you or whatever, but by the time they've been working with you for years and years or they've been transacting with you for years and years and they've just seen you deliver information, insight, analysis, etc., over and over and over and over again, whether they chose to or not, whether they ever thought this is what they were doing or not, they now see you as an authority. They now count you as somebody highly credible that they want to hear what you have to say about the things you're saying, right? So, so time accumulation has a lot of different little nooks and crannies it can flow into and benefit. Everything from email nurturing sequences to your brand you know, authority and, and your brand voice and your personal voice and authority and credibility, okay? So, so there's a lot that can come of that that, that that just happens over a period of time. Now, the beautiful thing about time and, and everything I just described that it can do is it's really only a function of one thing on your part. I mean, assuming you have a viable product and a viable, or a viable service and you actually can deliver on what you're saying and you actually can remain in business for that long, which is an accomplishment. Okay, I'm not trying to say it happens every day. In fact, it rarely happens. Most, most businesses don't last that long. But if you're listening to this podcast, you either have lasted that long or you hopefully are on track to last that long because you are doing everything in your effort and your in your purview 
to, to get to that point, such as listening to this podcast. Okay, so 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 I would count the podcast listeners here uh, as more than likely to be in that smaller percentage of being able to succeed and being able to to go on uh, for the amount of time that I'm talking about. But we can see how, you know, circling back to what I was going to say at the beginning of this uh, this portion, is that time is a function of you showing up. It's a function of consistency. It's a function of repetition, constantly delivering, always being there. Just every year, you know, cyclically, and especially, you know, you talk about like service businesses that have that have cycles, that have like a season, you know, or, or stages that you go through during the year, maybe certain milestones or events along the way. And people just start to like associate you with, the, with those things. And you become attached to those things as like one and the same, right? So what, what's really fascinating about it is, it's not. It's nowhere near complicated, right? I mean, it's not easy. It's hard to constantly show up year in, year out, year in, year out, year in, year out, while juggling everything else that a, a business owner has to deal with. So it's not easy, but it's simple. There's essentially one ingredient: persistence. Okay, or you know, consistency. So maybe you know, two or three ingredients. Okay, but persistence, consistency, regularity, constancy is really all that goes into it and marries up to what you already naturally have, which is the ability to do that business, do that service, sell that product, uh, you know, et cetera, okay? So it's, it, it literally is a function of your stick to that you can achieve this. But the hard part is that it's not a straight line. You know, building this over time and building this kind of loyal customer base and, and getting to these heights there are going to be setbacks. There are going to be times where it's not working. There are going to be times where it looks like you're maybe, you know, like things are kind of coming off the rails a little bit. I mean, there's so many challenges that you'll face as a business owner. You will question the veracity of the notion that all you have to do is keep going, right? You'll sit there and say, wait a second, maybe it's more than that. Maybe it's harder than that. Maybe it's, maybe it's something I'm missing. So I don't, I don't say this to diminish how difficult this is, but it is not complicated to reach this point that, you know, when I started this, this whole, um, discussion about about time and space. The time portion isn't complicated. Just stick with it and just keep delivering and just keep showing up and you're going to get there. You're going to start to develop some of these effects uh, that I talked about. Okay. Uh, you know, from you know from the social proof and the user generated content and the testimonials and the email secret. I mean these things are just gonna they're just gonna start to happen over time, right? Okay, so we kind of beat that dead horse. Uh, so, so now let's talk about uh, the slightly trickier side of the equation, right? We talked about the time function. Let's talk about space. Okay, let's talk about what it means that you know you you operate in the trust uh, phase in time and space. So when I think of space, and again, this is this is my take, guys. I mean, you definitely you definitely are going to hear. Um, other opinions on this or other methodologies, okay, but, but this is my two cents, uh, and hopefully it, 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 it's uh, helpful to you guys. But when I think of space for a business, I think about the broadening of your appeal and your reach and your focus. Because in the beginning, when you are trying to build a business and survive, really your only focus and your only goal is going to all boil down to generating enough revenue to generate enough cash flow to flow through your business and keep your business alive. Okay. And I'm sure you guys have heard this. I mean, 
If you've been in business for more than five minutes, you probably have heard this. But cash flowing through a business is like the blood flowing through our arteries and veins. When it stops flowing, we stop living and breathing. And when that cash stops flowing through a business, it stops living and breathing. You know, you may be able to go start borrowing. You may be able to go deeper into your own personal savings or whatever. But now you start to get into a more panicked, more stressful kind of situation. Okay, so business owners who can generate cash flow and revenue through their business and are willing to reinvest that, that cash flow and revenue back into the business to keep it going, to keep it growing, those business owners always have the best chance. Okay, so, so, so in the beginning, when you're in the, that, that no phase, the first phase, you are focused primarily, if not solely, on accomplishing just that on accomplishing the generation of revenue to keep your business alive and breathing and, 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 and to keep it going, okay? By the time you get to trust, because of a function of time, because it means you've been around a while and you've been generating revenue for a while and you've clearly proven you can turn a profit at that point. I mean, if you've reached a trust factor and you've never turned a profit, that's kind of interesting. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's never happened, but it's, it would be interesting to see who's been doing that. Um, but, but by the time you reach the trust phase, more than likely you've generated a profit, you know how to run your business, you know how to make a dollar, uh, if that's the currency of choice, uh, where you're located. Um, and you know, you, you know, you, you, you've at least gotten that far, right? So now the focus starts to broaden. The focus starts to come outward a little bit into things like, you know, what is our, you know, are we fulfilling our vision and our mission as, as a brand? Like in your, in your striving to become a brand, whatever you have decided that's going to take, you now have some time and some room and some traction to focus on that, right? To start reaching out further than, than just the product or service that you offer. Maybe, you know, and, and this could take so many different forms. There's no chance I can list them all here for you, but I'll just give you, you know, sort of a sampling is that maybe, you know, maybe you're more active now in your community, like your business is very active in the community and it's giving back to the community and it's really getting nothing for that other than the abstract investment of goodwill and good word of mouth and good, and good, good optics, right? But, 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 you know, it's not a revenue generating activity. It's just you showing up and possibly even giving revenue away uh, by spending your time and, and, and resources on things like that, right? So it could be something like that. It could be that in the space that you're in, let's say, you know, it's a service offering that you have, that you've simply become a thought leader in that area and you spend your time talking about the industry, talking about your discipline, you know, going to events, uh, networking, marketing at, 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 at uh, gatherings that have no real immediate yield. In fact, they may cost you uh, a, a decent amount to participate in or to invest in, but over time, they can just continually establish your authority, and your credibility on a subject or subjects, right? So when you think about space, think about the heights you're taking your brand to, okay? Now, when I think about, let me, let me give you an example, maybe a little clunky, but when, when I think of like Coca-Cola, I don't drink Coca-Cola. I haven't drank a Coke since, what, 2006, okay? I mean, like I've, I've been off of that stuff forever, okay? <laughs> But I still would describe, first of all, it's immediately recognizable to me. I mean, I know the red can and the stripe, you know, like it just, I just know instantly what that means. That's how, that's how omnipresent, 
Coca-Cola became over time in society and in my life, you know, kind of seeing it and walking past it in the grocery store and all this kind of stuff, right? So I know it's a brand. I view it as a brand. And I know it does more than just sell cans of Coke. It's such a massive, you know, uh, business uh, that, that that it certainly has more going on than just putting cans of Coke on the shelf, right? I mean, maybe I can't name what those things are exactly, but I, I just know it intrinsically that it is it is doing more than just than just the revenue generating activity. Now, the revenue generating activity is the heart of it, right? If it stops doing that, then it's not going to have a whole lot of runway to do the other stuff. But but it just has grown so huge. I mean, it's you know maybe it's branded other things. Its name is on other things. It's lent out. You know, it's not lent out, but for its own interest, it's using its likeness and its brand appeal to sell other types of things. You know, new new uh, versions of Coke. You know, maybe even you know maybe even it's getting into other types of stuff, or it has merchandise that just has the Coke label on it, or whatever the case may be. Right? I haven't studied it very closely, but the point is, I just know when I hear Coca-Cola that they are at those heights. They have reached that point of being such a recognizable name that they can kind of do. They can do some different things with that mass appeal. So when you guys think about that, and you've already got the time part down, and you've, you've committed to that, and you're like, hey, I'm consistent, I'm showing up every day, and I'm, and I'm not fatiguing in any way, you can also start thinking about, okay, I've got enough cash coming in and flowing through my business, and, and I'm profiting enough to say that I want to take my business outward, not just upward. Okay, I want to spread out a little bit, I want to give back even more than let's say I have before. Maybe maybe you reach a point where, I mean, take a law firm that's been immensely successful and starts taking on more pro bono cases, you know, just going out into communities and helping them achieve certain things from a legal perspective just because, just because they feel like, hey, our paying clients, you know, easily pay all the bills and then some, and we can actually, we have some bandwidth, we have some horsepower to go out and help certain groups of people accomplish their legal objectives and they don't have to pay us. You know, or we can certainly take the risk that if there's a payout coming that we just take a share of it when the time when the time comes and we've and we've been successful and won the case. I think all of us have seen uh you know those types of commercials where you know the, the lawyers are like, you know, we don't get paid unless you get a payout kind of thing, right? So so when you've gotten to that point where you're not just moving forward in time and sort of linearly growing your business, but you are spreading outward spatially, sort of three-dimensionally, and you're taking on sort of new aspects of, you know, running your business that aren't necessarily revenue-generating activities, that do provide more and more value, that do provide more and more credibility, that do generate more and more goodwill, right? Once you start doing that, you are in a different space altogether. You are simply, you simply have reached a different height in a different operating sort of environment compared to where you started when you were in the no phase, you know, two episodes ago, <laughs> okay? So it's just such a huge, huge difference when you've gone from phase one to phase three in, in how you can emphasize these other things and how you can kind of um, go beyond just the product or service that you offer. It's not just about flipping units, and it's not just about churning through clients. And, you know, not, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean, you know, you're, you're churning clients and not giving them good service. Because I know there's an implication to that term. But, but you know, just, just trying to stack up, you know, as many clients as you can. I mean, you know, 
yeah, that rightfully is going to be the focus in the beginning, but yeah, by the time you become a trusted brand, it's not the focus anymore. It is not the only thing that you have to be concerned with. You have enough revenue coming through your business to allow you to spread out and get into some other things. So to kind of start concluding this, guys, when you've done these two things, when you've operated in time and you've operated in space and you're now in this trust phase, what you really have done is at least for your customer base, at a bare minimum for your customer base, you are now a brand to them. You, and, 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 and I mean that two ways. You know, philosophically, they, they recognize your name and they use your name and they think of you reflexively. They don't have to think hard about, well, what law firm would I go to if I need a law firm? They just know that you're the firm and you exist and you're the number one thing that comes to mind for all things legal. And maybe the only thing that comes to mind for all things legal. Okay, using that you know, law firm to continue that example. Okay, so there's a philosophical benefit there that starts to take hold. And then there's a literal practical benefit. And the literal practical benefit is they don't look at the price anymore. They don't shop price anymore. They don't say, oh, I need a lawyer. Uh, I've used Chris's firm for 20 years, but now i got a price compared to this new firm down the block. I mean, they just don't do that at that point. When you've delivered successfully for 20 years, you know, or, or 10 years, or 5 years, whatever it is, and you've built that trust with that particular customer, they don't shop on price anymore. They don't go out and do price comparisons. They don't see you, they don't see you as a commodity. That's really the, 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 the way I think I'm, I'm, I'm searching for to say it. Okay, they don't look at you as a commodity, right? The price is far secondary, if not a complete non-issue, to them because they have a problem, they want the problem solved. They know you can solve the problem. They've seen you solve it. They've not only seen you solve it and get results, but they've seen your ethics and they understand that there's no way I'm going to get messed up in this transaction here. There's no way this is going to go badly for me. I've known, you know, I've known this person and this firm for, for, for however long, and I trust them implicitly that they will get the result that I'm looking for, and they will treat me, you know, with, with dignity, with, you know, you know, above board, whatever, however you would describe it, right? But they are going to conduct business with me in a manner that, you know, they can be proud of and I can be hyper comfortable with, okay? So really, guys, that is the nirvana point of the relationship that you that you generate and that you grow with your customers is 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 ascending to a point where you are a brand to that customer they are fiercely loyal to you and you are top of mind for them in that uh, service or or uh, product space and they do not commoditize you they don't worry so much about price now you know you always have an exception i mean somebody who's used you for years and years and years and suddenly hits financially hard times they might say, ah, you know, Chris, I would love to you know, spend $5,000 on your fee, but I've got to save some money. I'm going to this, this new guy across the street for 2000 I mean, I'm not saying they never, ever, ever don't compare prices. What I'm saying is, writ large, as a group, as a, as, a, as a demographic, whatever word you want to use for it, that the vast majority who, of your loyal customers who, 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 who now trust you, they are not price shopping with you anymore. They believe in what you're offering and what you're selling and what, you're, um, and what your service is, and they simply go with that. They simply go with that when they, when they make those transactions, okay? And they skip over that whole, well, you know, let me, let me get three quotes or let me, let me go look up everybody on the internet that I can't. I mean, they just don't do that anymore, okay? So becoming a brand 
to those individuals. That's huge. But what's even huger <laughs> is when you become a brand to people who aren't even your customer. Okay, to people like me who look at Coca-Cola as a brand, a massive, gigantic brand, and I don't buy Coke. I haven't, like I said, I haven't had a Coke in 16 years. Okay, so when 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 you reach that point, when you are so recognizable and your business is so synonymous with the thing that you offer or, or sell, now you've reached brand uh, status for everybody, customer or no customer. Okay, and that is only going to happen with a degree of trust. Now, you could make an argument there, well, Chris, if you really trust Coca-Cola, you don't even buy from them. Well, at one point I did, and there was trust there, or the trust could be, if it's a non-customer relationship, it could be a different kind. It's not so much trust based on transaction, it's trust based on reputation. It's trust based on scale. Okay, I trust that Coca-Cola has a viable product, not because I drink it, but because 10 gazillion people drink it. And it's like, well, it must be good to somebody. It must have some appeal to somebody, right? So, so that's a, like I said, that's a totally different tier and strata that you end up in when, when your business is seen as a brand by people who don't even use your service or product, okay? But we're not as concerned about that. I mean, if you get there, that's great. I mean, congratulations. I mean, you've, you've definitely, you can't go any higher than that from what, from what I can see. Uh, but the real key in this trust space is that customer base that you that you already have and that you're cultivating and that you're and that you're you know you're you're uh, you're working within and getting them to that space where their loyalty is unquestioned, it's unwavering, and it is as solid as it comes. Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up here, guys. I really, really hope. <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. Um, I really hope that you guys have have gotten something uh, from. Uh, this series, uh, the No Like and Trust series, episodes 31 to 33. Um, I think, you know, I, I think I made a, a remark in episode 31 that it could have been episodes 2, 3, and 4 after the welcome episode. Uh, it would have been properly situated there because it is such a cornerstone to anything you do marketing-wise that to ignore it or to skip over it, you're doomed. You're doomed. If, I mean, if you, you know, let's say you're listening to this and you're like, uh, you know, I don't really believe this stuff. It really has nothing to do with this there's a 0% chance your business is going to succeed. Okay. Now you may not think of it this way explicitly. You may not got through every, you know, you go through every day like, ah, you know, I got to get people to know me. I got to get people to like me. I got to get people to trust. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it's something that you have like a, like a blueprint in front of you that you flip through every day. Right. (laughs) But, but if you are ignoring these concepts and you are not paying attention to the journey through these three, these three, uh, um, segments of this sequence, then, then it's going to catch up to you. It simply is going to catch up to you. And it's probably symptomatic of you doing something very wrong in your business. Okay. So, so if your business is headed in the wrong direction, you don't provide value, you're too salesy, you know, you don't, you don't deal in, 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 you know, ethically. And, and, and I'm assuming none of our podcast listeners fall into these categories, but I'm just saying, if you know of someone who, who fits this description, then you know, their business is doomed. You know, maybe it's going to generate some cash for a while. Maybe it's going to yield a profit for a while. It will crash and burn over time. It will find the ground after a while and come back down to earth. Okay, so that's how important it is, guys. That's how much I think, you know, if, if, if somebody came along right now, it's like, oh, Chris, you guys got a podcast for Transform. Where should I start? I'd say listen to episodes 1, 31, 32, and 33, and then you can go back to episode 2. That's how important it is. Okay, guys, so, so really appreciate you guys listening 
uh, to this sequence, to this trilogy of episodes. Uh, you know, it was, it was very important for us to get this right and get this information out to you uh, as best we can uh, so that it resonates with you and you feel like it's actionable. Um, you know, tactically, I think there's always room to maneuver there. You can come up with your own tactics. You can borrow some of the ideas, uh, obviously, that we're, that we're talking about here. Um, you know, and, and some of this stuff is not, is not as readily um, obvious from a tactical perspective. Some of these things you have to feel out in your own business, and you have to see, how do these things apply, and how can I make them work for my business? And, you know, some of them are universally applicable, in my opinion, uh, as well. So you have sort of a range there. But, you know, the, the philosophy here, I think, stays steady and is something that if you subscribe to it, you're going to be successful as time goes by. And on the tactical implementation level, hopefully we've given you some ideas to take forward and to, uh, to lean on, and you'll come up with your own along the way as well. Okay, guys, so we're going to be back uh, next week with episodes 34 and 35. Uh, again, maybe a slightly uneven publishing schedule uh, with some different things going on next week. But the bottom line is we will be back with two episodes next week. Uh, we'll get into some other areas um, that now move away from this concept. I mean, not away, away, but, you know, we'll get into some new stuff uh, next week. As always, we appreciate you guys checking us out. Please note, uh, I had not been mentioning this for a while in the beginning, but uh, our YouTube channel, if you go over to YouTube and look up Transform, uh, what you will find is these episodes are there, uh, but what we have, of course, is some visuals, you know, some some graphics. Uh, the text is transcribed and comes up on the screen as I'm talking. So if it's a situation where you guys learn or listen, quote-unquote, a little better by watching and listening, uh, you may find the YouTube channel is even more appealing uh, than the podcast, okay? So we have that YouTube channel you can check out. You can go over to Facebook or LinkedIn and check out Transform. Uh, you know, as, as, we, as we post to those, to those uh, platforms, you know, feel free to drop comments, questions, uh, reach out to us uh, messaging-wise there. Uh, so so we definitely like to, um, to, 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 to hear from you on those uh, platforms. Of course, here on the podcast, if you subscribe... If you share it, if you like it, if you let everybody know about it, we couldn't be more grateful to you for that. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging in there through this uh, fairly lengthy series of podcasts. Uh, but we, we think this is super, super, super important, and we think it's going to help your business uh, thrive and grow and, uh, and reach new heights. Uh, so with that, guys, uh, wishing everybody a great weekend. Um, super excited about it being Friday. Um, hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, and we will uh, see you guys. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. This is Christopher Anastasio signing off of the Transform Podcast. Good night, guys.